Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco. I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Oh grandpa, how are you doing this fine Sunday afternoon? You know, it's, it's, I am great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, great. Just awesome. Um, we have, we have, you know, this is a, this is a kind of a dead period uh, in, in, really all of college sports. I mean, you got major league baseball going on and some Canadian football, but other than that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, commitments or I don't know. Do you think we're going to get any more commitments for the, I think, I think we will. Yes. For football. We're, we're going to be talking all things football today. We're going to be yeah. talking uh, commits as we're going to do here in a second. And then we're going to talk running backs room and do a preview there. So, uh, there's a lot to take away from that. We'll get to that in just a minute here. Yeah. But uh, before we start here, I'd like to say uh, if you haven't followed us over on Twitter yet, go do that at, at HBT Huskers pod over on Twitter or search How About Them Huskers on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us any questions you have at HBTH podcast at protonmail.com or huskerdan at cox.net. Uh, and we'll answer those questions for you, kind of address some of that stuff. If you guys have some things that you're seeing that we have not picked up on, because uh, as much research as we do, there are some things we miss. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thanks, thanks again for listening. Tell everyone about the show. Go spread the word. We'd love to get some more. Uh, people listening and uh, hearing what we have to say and hear what you guys have to say. Uh, so, all right, let's get into the commits real quick here. So uh, the one, I think we might get one because the number one offensive lineman in Hawaii, uh, Preston Tamua, uh, uh-huh. he's a four, four star in, interior offensive lineman. He commits, he set his commitment date with his top five, which includes Nebraska. Uh, he set his commitment date for July 16th, which is one week from today. Uh, I don't know what time he's doing that. I just saw that he decided to announce uh, that that Sunday. So um, it's, I mean, that could be one. And then Grant Bricks, uh, who is a four-star offensive lineman from uh, Kansas, has been predicted to go to Nebraska by quite a few of the experts on uh, 247 crystal ball predictions, as well as on threes recruiting machine is predicting him to go to Nebraska. Uh, I believe it's about 70% Nebraska and the, the team we're battling for him is his home state, Kansas state school. So he would probably, if he doesn't end up going to Nebraska, Grant Bricks will commit to Kansas state. It's between those two, I think. And I think that everyone knows that even Grant Bricks. Um, so those are the two that could happen. Grant Bricks has not said that he's going to commit anytime soon. I think Preston Tamua could be the last addition to our 2024 class before the recruiting window closes for the summer. And that could be huge because getting a four-star into your offensive lineman, number one ranked out of his state, uh, and he's been kind of tossing around some other names. I believe Texas A&M is in there for him. Uh, I forget specifically what other teams, but uh, it's it's not a bunch of ho-hum nobodies that Nebraska is competing against. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of really good schools that he could go to, and uh, everyone's predicting him to go to Nebraska. Not everyone. A large majority are predicting him to go to Nebraska. I think it's at 65 70%, something like that for him as well, maybe maybe up to 80 for some. But, uh, I mean, that looks pretty good for Nebraska there. And you you open that pipeline back up, Donovan Riola, uh, bringing in more guys to help with our rushing attack, which is kind of struggled. We'll get to that here in a second. But, Grep, I want to ask you first, do you do you think that we might be able to get 
both Grant Bricks and Preston Tomwa before the window closes, or do you think it's just going to be Preston Tomwa coming in, or, or do you think that's even a possibility? I don't know. We, nobody knows for sure. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I don't know how many scholarships Nebraska has left. I think they just uh, got 23 commits for this next year. And I, I don't know if they're going to get any more uh, transfer portal players. Um, yeah, that one might that one might happen uh, just towards the end of the season. Because now it's like, okay, if you're with a team right now um, for – if, if you're with a f- football team now at this point in the season, it's like, okay, what do you like? If you're going to transfer, you must really be in a bad spot where you don't believe like it's not fall camp hasn't started yet. You really haven't had a chance to prove yourself. Uh, and you didn't take the message from spring if they said no. So it's kind of like, uh, I'm getting the feeling that I'm not going to get a starting spot anymore. So I won't, I don't think we'll see that many transfer portal players anymore coming into the we, we had, we had, I think it was Stefan Wynn. Came from Alabama late summer last summer. Correct. I, I think he got there in August. I I could be wrong. On yeah, that. but that won't happen. That that's correct. That won't happen anymore because of the new uh, window that the NCAA put for when you're allowed to transfer. So that I believe that window is closed or almost closed as well with the recruiting thing. So that won't happen uh, where you get a player coming in right as the season starts. Um, and that might've been to the detriment of Stefan when you look, he transferred away from Nebraska as soon as he could yeah. this year. So that might be, he didn't have time to integrate with the team, integrate with the coaches, get into play style. And then he played terribly. So he's like, oh, I'm not going to get, be able to play. Um, so who knows, who knows, but uh, quick overview of where Nebraska sits in these 2024 class rankings. Uh, Two, four, seven has us in 11th which uh, based off some of these other ones is a little bit high, I think. Uh, but we are ahead of Clemson and slightly behind Texas A&M. So talk about Matt Rule recruiting well. Like that is – that blows my mind. Think about – Clemson has won more national titles than Nebraska has in the last – I mean, Clemson has won, what, four national titles in the past 10 years, 10, 12 years. Nebraska's won zero, not even been to the college football playoff yet. Clemson's been uh, a large majority of the time. And Nebraska just started out recruiting them according to 247. Uh, And then you look at on three and they have us in 21st behind Auburn and just ahead of Miami, which I don't honestly know why it drops so much, but it's, it's up to discretion of how well you think these players actually play, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then Rivals has us in 17th, right behind Wisconsin, which is interesting because Wisconsin uh, is in 25th in on threes rankings, and there and Wisconsin's all the way down in 32nd for 247's rankings. So I don't know they use different factors or something like that. I have no clue, but uh, we'll we'll have to see. It, it really depends when these players actually show up and play for Nebraska, it, what they're going to play like. That's what really matters. You could have the number one ranked recruiting class, and it wouldn't end up mattering. So. Um, yeah, let's get on to this running back room, though, unless you got anything else to say about our commits nope. here, Grandpa. All nope. right. Um, we we're talking offensive line. We're going to talk running backs a little bit now, and let's let's just do the overview here real quick. So here are kind of the big names that you should be looking for this year for Nebraska. You got your new running back coach in EJ Barthel. Uh, he was at UConn before this, I believe. Is that correct? Um, I think so. I think, yeah, that's that's where Matt Rule got him from. But he's worked with Rule before, so he knows what he's doing. He's recruited uh, very well. We've already seen his impact 
uh, with Quentin Ives, who we'll talk about in a minute. He snagged him from Palmyra, New Jersey, uh, because he had connections there. And um, the main guys for Nebraska this year are going to be Ramir Johnson, Anthony Grant, and Gabe Irvin. Now, Gabe Irvin was injured last year. He got injured in our second or third game, I believe, and he was out for the uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. So he's a redshirt sophomore. Anthony Grant is a redshirt senior, and Ramir Johnson's a redshirt junior. So we'll have to see where these guys fit in, what the rotation looks like. My guess is Gabe Irvin has been putting in the work this year. I will say I've seen a lot of things from him. They've seen a lot yeah. of improvement. A lot of he's probably going to be our number one running back. And I think he had that last year. He's from Buford, Georgia. He only ran for 94 yards last year. I think he scored two touchdowns, uh, but he's six foot two fifteen. I don't know how accurate those numbers are, um, but I, he's bulked up this year and he's going to be one hard player to tackle. Just looking at pictures and that kind of stuff. It does not looks like a nightmare there for some cor- for a, a por- opposing cornerbacks, especially in our first couple of games. Now, Anthony Grant ran for 915 yards. He was our top rusher last year. That's not great if your leading rusher does not crack 1,000. Um, interesting interesting thing, uh, Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant are from the same uh, town, Buford, yep. Buford Georgia. Yep. Um, so maybe we could have a little Buford, Georgia double uh, running back tandem going here where Anthony Grant's the power and uh, – sorry, Gabe Irvin's the power and Anthony Grant's the uh, speed. We saw Anthony Grant last year – we thought both you and I, Grandpa, talked about this before the season last year when we did our running backs preview. Last year, we saw Anthony Grant transfer from New Mexico Military Institute to Nebraska, and we thought, okay, this kid has some potential. He breaks off about, a, I think it was a 60 or 70 yard touchdown run against Northwestern. Uh, I remember I was going nuts because I was like, oh, I called because we talked about it. We did a preview before yeah. the game, and I said, Anthony Grant's going to have a big game, and he just went off. Uh, and that was kind of it. It felt like there were the next couple of games he ran well, but Nebraska lost those games. Uh, Infamously, Georgia Southern, Anthony Grant had a pretty good game. I think uh, we just ended up not being able to win that game because of obvious reasons and uh, incompetency, such as the usual with Nebraska. And, um, I mean, Gabe Irvin in that game didn't really have an impact. Uh, I don't think Scott Frost's favorite running back was Gabe Irvin, uh, but I bet you Matt Rule, who is more – he likes the fullback a little bit more. He's recruited some fullbacks. We've seen that with Isaac Dickey in the 2024 class. Um, he's a, he's a fullback and he'll be coming to Nebraska in 2024. Matt, Matt rule recruited him. He likes having a power back. So Gabe Irvin could definitely be that and get our goal line, uh, snaps for Nebraska. Um, Ramir Johnson has looked really good too. He only ran for 85 yards last year. He was not, did he get injured? I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, okay. So, That's been his problem. And he's only a buck 85, you know, he's not, yeah. not very thick. Yeah, and I mean Ramirez has speed as well. Like that is he's yeah. he's probably the fastest back we have in that backfield right now. Wouldn't and, you see? Wouldn't you see him having more of a role as a as a dual threat receiver and and runner? Yeah, uh, and I think I think that's how Rule's going to use him. Is he's going to be the receiving yards back where it's like okay, if there's nothing there, dump it short. Ramirez going to make some plays right, for us because right. um, he's got that. He has the athleticism. He has the skill. He has the speed. Uh, it's just like a perfect combination of what Rule likes. He likes athletes. We talked about this. He really likes athletes. And Ramir Johnson is a perfect athlete, especially at that running back uh, position for Rule. So it'll be interesting to see where those guys end up ranking. But I think we have a pretty clear idea. Uh, Anthony Grant is an interesting story. He got Matt Rule kind of 
crackdown on him at the beginning of spring yeah. with Suspended academics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how Anthony Grant took that. My get rule is doing that so that Anthony Grant, because rule knows that football is not the, what you're going to be doing your entire life. You need to be able to do something else. So academics is more important. Rule understands that. Uh, and I don't know how Anthony Grant took that. He came back and started doing spring training, all that kind of stuff. Didn't really hear a lot of noise from him. Uh, but meanwhile, Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson are taking the opportunity to go and go for that RB1 spot. So we'll see. They, I think the coaching staff likes Gabe Irvin a little bit more than Ramir Johnson, but they are really high on both those guys. Um, which I'm not surprised with both of them. I feel like have after coming off injuries, you're more motivated. Uh, I mean, Ramirez got what two years left at Nebraska. If all goes well, uh, Gabe Irvin's got something to build on. Now he was, he was only a freshman last year, so he's going to um, maybe he was a sophomore last year and then redshirted last year. Is that correct? Cause he's, you know, you have they probably year. did that. I, I, okay. I think he's a redshirt sophomore this year. Okay. But- he just because um, he didn't play. I don't think he played in four games. I think he got injured. No, I think it was he got injured. He, he got yeah. He got injured in the Oklahoma game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So that's. I think those two guys have a lot to prove. And having a new coaching staff that likes athletes, they are both have been putting in the work. Um, we talked about this, I believe, during spring camp. Um, Matt Rule and the staff came out and said, oh, we really like Ramir. We like his work rate. We like what he's doing. We like what he's putting in. Uh, we like the progression he's making. Uh, same with Gabe Irvin. So where, what are your thoughts on these returners? We'll, we'll, we'll start with the returners so we can go to some of the other guys you know, that probably we aren't going to see a lot this year unless something goes horribly wrong on the injury front. You know, Nebraska rushed for 1,480 yards last year. That – According to College Football Stats, which is cfbstats.com, that was 100th in the nation, 100th. And you got a running back in Anthony Grant who rushed for 915 yards. That I mean, that's that's scary. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's scary. The question okay. is, is is there enough health on and, and talent? You know, Gabe and, and Ramir – you know, didn't rush for, you know, 200 yards between the two of them. Uh, injuries have, have plagued them. But, you know, I, I guess you look at Emmett Johnson. He's a kid who played on special teams last year. And um, he's from Minneapolis, 5'11", 190. Um, is that a kid that you think this year might have a breakout season? He was uh, – his stats in, in high school, I mean – that's high school doesn't sometimes carry over, but his last two uh, years at, uh, and he's from Minneapolis in uh, a high school, uh, he rushed for 2,500 yards and scored 42 touchdowns. He was uh, named Mr. Football in Minnesota last year or his last year in high school. Uh, Cause he was with Nebraska last year. But is, is that a, is that a kid you think might emerge as being maybe a, Maybe not the go-to guy, but maybe a guy who can come in there and and get some yards for the Huskers this year. Uh, maybe the thing is, I think it would have to take some injuries because you got to go through Gabe Irvin, Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson in order to even get a spot in that backfield. He might be a like kind of throwaway game spot, if you know what I mean, where 
Nebraska's winning by 20 something with six <laughs> minutes left. You, you get, you get, I think he might be one of those guys this year. And then once you see Anthony Grant leave, he just right now, Emmett Johnson just has to get snaps yeah. on offense. And that's going to be something that should just be his goal. He should be happy if he gets snaps at all on offense, considering the depth of this running back room. And I mean, adding to the depth, that just is nice that we have, if, if for some reason, Ramir Johnson gets injured again, if for some reason, Gabe Irvin re aggravates his injury from last year, then, or, or Anthony Grant has some unforeseen injury that we, we haven't seen him had before. Uh, you can have a guy like Emmett Johnson that's able to step into the back uh, into the backfield and kind of make an impact and has been playing for Nebraska and knows what Big Ten football is like. That's always nice to have. And, uh, I mean, as you said, the high school stats are the high school stats. We'll get to Quentin Knives here in a second. His might be more impressive than that, but, again, it's high school. Um, so we'll see. But I think that right now for Emmett Johnson, it's just going to be establish a base of credibility with the coaching staff kind of try and beat out Quentin Ives for that third spot next year, I think is what he should be looking at. Uh, I mean, obviously you should always be looking to play. You want every, every kid on this team wants to play and wants to be the starter and the guy. But in reality, I'm not starting Emmett Johnson over any three of those guys. Give me, you give me a million, a million choices that never, never is that happening. Um, So, I mean, it's, we'll, we'll see, but he's just got to establish that base. Uh, Same with Quentin Ives, I think, who uh, we talked about. He's a three-star recruit from Palmyra, New Jersey, who EJ Barthel, that's kind of his guy. He's the guy that uh, EJ Barthel brought in, in the 2023 recruiting class when we were like, Oh, what's going to, what's going to happen with this signing day stuff. We just got a new coaching staff. How's this going to work? And then boom, we get Quentin Ives who Nebraska really hadn't been in a lot of touch with before then. Uh, EJ Barthel said he saw him at a running backs camp in New Jersey, uh, and, and thought he looked really good. And I agree, uh, from the film I've seen, and you just look at this stat line, he rushed for over 3000 yards in his last two years of high school with 49 touchdowns and a 10.1 yard per carry average. That is nuts, uh, on so many levels. So that's just, I mean, again, he's got to build that base too, because if you bring back, you think next year we could have Gabe Irvin, it, just going off Ramir Johnson in his senior season, Emmett Johnson playing very well. Uh, and Quentin Ives just progressing even more through this coaching staff. That could be a scary backfield to run into for Nebraska. And Nebraska hasn't really had that since I want to say Amir Abdullah in like 2014. I don't think that yeah. we've had a running back that was as prolific uh, as we're used to. We're used to playing Wisconsin, who is running back you or was at least, uh, maybe not so much anymore. But we're used to playing against Jonathan Taylor and all these other guys that have going on to the NFL, starting and winning awards and that kind of stuff in the NFL for that. But my question for you is, how much do you think that Nebraska's failure, absolute failure rushing last year was due to the offensive line being terrible or the actual running backs being terrible? Because you have to take that into account at least somewhat with the offensive line being as garbage as it was last year. Well, you know, the offense, and we're going to talk about the offensive line next week, but that is key to this. When you rush for 1,500 yards, we had running backs that would run for that in a, in a season. You know, I mean, just one running back, and, and that that is pretty pathetic, 100th in the, in the country. So the offensive line is absolutely critical to the running game, and obviously to Jeff Sims and the, the passing game and the everything. It's all, it's all hinges on – I pray that Donovan Raiola can 
coach these kids and get them because last year was not acceptable. And I can only, we have, we, we can't get much worse. I mean, technically you can, but, but realistically, Nebraska should, we used to be running back university. We had great yep. running backs and it was an interesting, interesting thing. I, I heard one of the sports programs, sports radio shows uh, this last week and, and uh, Steve Sipple, who's a longtime sports writer for the Lincoln journal um, he was on and he made an interesting comment and I hadn't thought about it. And I, and I said, I was driving down the road. I said, Steve has just nailed it. He said that we, we get accustomed now to heralding running backs like divine Ozigbo as we used to, you know, just go nuts over, you know, um, Mike Rozier and, and, uh, and I'm on green and some of these other really, truly great running backs. So the bar has been lowered so much that if a guy rushes for 900 yards, we say, wow, isn't that great? So this, the whole offensive line has to, has to make a quantum leap forward. Otherwise we're looking at another four and eight year. I really, I really believe that. Yeah, and in the in, especially in the Big Ten West or in the Big Ten in general, you have to be able to run the ball. That is crucial because you get in the Big Ten, you play teams that are cold weather teams. You play at Minnesota in November. You play at Wisconsin in November. You play at Iowa in November. Like there are games that there's going to be snow on the ground. You're going to be have to be able to trust someone to turn around hand the ball off, hand the ball off, and for it to work, and you gain yards, score points. You have yep. to be able to do that because that's why there's no, like, if you look at the Big Ten, there are zero air raid teams in the Big Ten. I cannot, there might be some, like, Ohio State, okay, maybe, but they have nuts receivers every single year, but that's not air raid. They still run the ball. You remember, like, J.K. Dobbins, uh, you have all those guys. You They're bringing back, uh, I forget what the kid's name is, but uh, they, they brought back an amazing running back from last year. Um, who, who got injured, uh, and it's like you, there's, you have to be able to run the ball and, uh, Nebraska just hasn't been able to, and that's kind of been a large reason why the Huskers have been unable to win big 10 West games when they need to, you think about, uh, against Wisconsin last year, one point game to be fair, our defense crumbled, but we cannot run the ball to run the clock out to save our lives. And that ended right. up losing us the game. Right. Wisconsin was not Nebraska should have won that game last year. Yep. 100%, 100% should have won that game. Nine out of 10 times Nebraska wins that game, but you have to be able to run the ball. And that was proven there. Um, and it's just like, as, as you were saying, the standard, the bar has been lowered for our kind of our, as, as Husker nation, our kind of critiques of running backs. Like if you were be like, Oh, like if you compare some of the running backs we have now and you compare them to Amir Abdullah. Right. I think Amir Abdullah is better than our entire running back room right uh, now, but yep. it's just that yep. our running back, we've just got so used to it. They were like, oh, this running back room is going to be amazing. Look at how good it is. Look how good it is. Look how good it is. And then we're like, oh, but Amir Abdullah did this basically all by himself. And so now he's running for the Raiders. So it's like, okay, is it really that good? Or is it just way better than we've had? And with the bar is just so low that it, that uh, it's extremely difficult to trip over it now. Um, you, yeah, you, the, the offensive really... line is just, it's the key. It's the, That's the gateway. You want to get a better running game, get a better offensive line. And if they're all on the same page, you know, uh, we could, I, I don't know that we're going to be a dominating 
kind of running attack this fall. No. But, uh, but you just need to run the ball when you need to run the ball. Yeah. As you said, late in games. We couldn't do that at Iowa last year and almost mm-hmm. lost that. You know, that was that – yeah. oh. That would have been absolutely demoralizing. Just run the ball. We were a yard short. Yeah. Just run the ball. Just say to your offensive line, all we need is one yard. We don't need two. We don't need 10. We need one yard. You guys get it. And yep. we couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, one yard is virtually the shortest distance you can have in right. a football game to get. And it, if you can't even trust your offensive line and running backs to get one yard, you're, what are you going to do to trust them to win you a game? Like there's no way that that could ever happen. So it's just like the, both of them have to work in tandem, as you said, and the, we'll talk about the offensive line more next week. There's definitely some more promise there uh, considering what happens with Preston Tamua and uh, Grant Bricks as well for years coming. But uh, I'd like to ask you, Grandpa, how much do you think that the impact of, we lost two running backs that I thought had a lot of promise. AJ Allen, uh, he got injured last year, I believe, as well in our fourth game. Uh, he started taking off a little bit. He transferred to uh, Miami of Florida. And then Jacquez Yant transferred to Florida A&M. Uh, he was kind of a fringe. He was a power level back. And when Nebraska didn't really get into a lot of red zone situations, he didn't really have a spot on the team. So, But what are your two thoughts on those two guys leaving the running back room this year? I don't think it matters. I mean, I, they're not – A.J. could have developed, and I think a lot of people um, thought that A.J. was going to be maybe the guy down the road. And I think a lot of people were just kind of maybe not shocked, but a little surprised that he transferred. I mean, he had 190 yards rushing. Um, he didn't see a lot of snaps. But so I, our, our rushing attack is so terrible that uh, – you know, I, I just we won't miss them, uh, and that's that's not to say that they could have developed because I think they probably could have. Jock has yet, I think, had some other issues and wasn't going to make it at uh, at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah but, and for the AJ Allen thing, um, from what I saw, watching film that they got of spring practice stuff. Um, AJ just didn't seem to want to put in the work that Rule and Barthol were demanding. They were there were a lot of they they have this drill called an RB blaster drill, which is it works on ball security. They have these uh, pretty stiff like rubber things right at ball level that are smacking at the balls. You run through. You got it. it just works on keeping your pads down. Um, and uh, AJ kept doing it wrong. He did it wrong a couple times, and then EJ Barthel would be like, AJ, get back here. Run it again. Uh, and then he did it wrong again, and then he would just start jogging back, and Barthel was screaming at him. I just remember that from the thing. He was not happy at all with the work effort. So that might be it, is that AJ just didn't want to be pushed. So who knows if he actually develops, because you got to put in work if you want to be developed, and if he doesn't want to put in the work in spring, uh, then I mean, it's it's way up to and I think Miami might be a worse place for him to go because they're they're more of a pass attack school anyway you there weren't a lot of great running backs coming out of Miami these past couple of years because they play in the ACC where everyone scores 75,000 points a game um so it's it is what it is but uh yeah as you said I don't think we'll miss him a lot uh another question for you rule didn't recruit that many running backs no in the 2024 class Right. Even in the 2023 class, it was just Quentin Ives. What do you, 
do you think there's a thought process behind this? What What are your thoughts on this? Why Why did he, Why did Rule hold off from this? He must know something that the rest of us don't, and obviously he does, uh, because I can't. I I look at what you and I just were talking about uh, going through the running back room, and and based on those stats, uh, um, I think we should be. I if we don't know what what uh, Matt Rule knows, I would. I'm I'm really kind of. Uh, biting my nails here. I He must see something that we don't. He must be very happy with Gabe, Urban, and Grant and, and the two Johnson kids. He must be, what he's seeing there from them is like, yeah, we can win with these guys. Now, if that's the case, hey, I'm I'm happy. I, I just, it, nobody is, is emerged as being a truly great running back. And, and maybe this is the, maybe this is the year that it happens. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, it it could be interesting to see where they end up this year with with running backs. And as you said, if if they get wins and this running back room works, I'm not going to say anything. But if right. it ends up being the other way, I'm some questions are going to start popping up here about why Rule didn't recruit running backs. I mean, maybe he had this trust that ended up not working out. But I mean. My thought process is Matt Rule is a very, very smart recruiter from what we've yeah. seen. So he might just be like, "Okay, we there are some more impo- important players that we need to focus on recruiting. I can't spend my time with these running backs that we have virtually no chance of getting." He might be he might be thinking that that might be the case for twenty twenty four class. Who knows? Um, and I mean the twenty twenty three class. I feel like it makes sense that he didn't get a lot of running backs there because he didn't have a lot of time and a lot of those guys have already committed that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll see there. But with twenty twenty four class, he's got I think two running backs. I could be wrong. Well, one of them's Isaac Dickey, who's a fullback. So we'll see. Um, but uh, it's yeah. Well, we have Kawan Lacy, and that's about it. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of interesting, but, uh, I mean, I think it's just the running back room being solid from what he sees right now. And they obviously are very happy with it from what I was talking about earlier with what they said during spring. So he better know something what we don't, because this is a little bit confusing to me and I'm sure it's a little bit confusing to all of us, Nation. So, um, but we're going to see a lot come August 31st We're we're going to see, if this thing is looks like it's going to work and yeah to me I, and we'll we'll talk about the, the upcoming season uh later on probably in uh in august but yeah y- you look at uh that thing is going to have to work this baby's going to have to start walking you know out of the gate and yep. if you lose to minnesota in conference play you're 0 and 1 right you, so that's you're digging out from a hole. Your next conference game is Michigan. I don't think is as optimistic as maybe you and I are. <laughs> I don't think Nebraska has much of a chance of winning that game. So now you start the season off 0-2 in the conference. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, That you got to win that Minnesota game. And uh, to beat Minnesota, you're going to have to be able to run the ball because Minnesota is going to have Mo Ibrahim on the other side coming right back at you. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a battle in the trenches I think that game and Nebraska's going to really have to prove if they've learned from last year and learned their rushing attack well. So uh but I guess kind of a broader question here 
what can this running back room get done this fall? What, how far do you think that it's going to go? Do you think we're going to see significant improvement? Do we're, you're going to see a drop-off in production? What are you thinking with this running back room just as an overall production-wise, Grandpa, this year? You can't get much worse than 100. So the, the only way to go is is up. And, you know, I, I'm sure they have some team goals. The, the, the players, the coaches, obviously, are aware of 1,480 yards. That's That's terrible. I don't. I don't care how you. I don't care if you're a, you know, great passing team, which that was probably what our offense uh, was more oriented uh, last year. But uh, you got to be able to run the ball when you need to run it, as I said earlier. So um, I'm not. Are you thinking like we need to rush for 2,500 yards or 26? Are you, are you thinking of a numerical number? Um, no, not necessarily. I think it's just like I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the running back room as a whole and kind of what would what would progress look like this fall, I guess is a better question for the running back room. Just more yards, more touchdowns, more impact, finishing out games. What what kind of things or is it all of those? Well, we averaged a little over 123 yards a game last year, which is pretty pathetic. I think we need to be up in the 250 range. And if we'll find out again against Minnesota, how many yards that's going to be a key. It's going to tell us what the offensive line is going to do. I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, people will say, well, we should play, you know, East Jesus A&M on the, you know, you know, to give, you know, and I don't know, just, it's play the, play the teams that are on the schedule and, and, you know, hopefully win. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to, had a winning total there by playing, you know, terrible schools. Okay, it's a conference game, and Minnesota has beaten us, what, six out of the last seven yeah. years? Something and Minis- like Minnesota used to be – I remember every time I see Minnesota on the schedule when I was younger yeah. watching football with you, Grandpa, that it would be – Oh, Minnesota, easy win by at least 30 points. Yeah. And now yeah. it's – Minnesota's beating us, and yes. this is – the, the, the tables have turned, uh, as as uh, metaphorically speaking. And this Nebraska team's got to figure it out this year. And as you said, I think it's – I like starting out with the conference game better. I think it makes Nebraska more prepared for the year because it's like, okay, we're not coming in and playing, as you said, East Jesus A&M or whoever you ended yeah. up playing. Um, it makes – you have to prepare better. You have to be more prepared for that first game of the season because you got to limit mistakes. you got to do all that. And that just sets a tone for the season. So I really like opening with a conference game. Even if we lose, I think it's better because you are prepared better for the season. And I think Nebraska needs to win this Minnesota game, and I think Matt Rule knows that. All the players know that. They know they need to win this Minnesota game to get the momentum, to get the fans on their side, to get everyone starting to align in the right direction with Rule. I think we all have kind of started trending that way just based off his recruiting prowess. But now if he goes 4-8, and then it's going to be like, okay, he recruits well but he can't coach. So what's that end goal there? But anyway, we can get it. We can talk about that more at some other time. As you said, we got to preview the season coming into August. um, And we'll next week we'll be back with offensive line stuff. Hopefully one, maybe two commits. Uh, We'll see. I'll try to figure out when Preston Tamu is going to commit. So we can record at least right after or during his commitment. Uh, so we can talk about that if that happens or doesn't happen. Either way, we should probably talk about it. But uh, Grandpa, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, again, 
tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show, spread the word, tell everybody uh, to go and listen to How About Them Huskers. You can find it anywhere you are listening to podcasts, anywhere that you are listening to this right now. But it seems like you've already found us if you are listening to us at this point. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. And most importantly, go, go Big, Big Red! Red.